That being said, uh, it's our Tech Conversations, and uh, we're going to be talking uh, to uh, Wesley Duporco, who already joins me on the line. And, uh, uh, yeah, Wesley, good evening to you and welcome. Good evening, Bong. I'm enjoying this conversation and uh, learning a lot about the world of business. And, yes, yeah, man, we're trying, right. we're trying. Wesley, are you yeah. a smoker? No, a non-smoker. I am non-smoker. Not even, okay. not even a, a tech smoker. Ah, man. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even vape. You don't do any of that. Yeah. Yeah, man, a very good decision that you've made. There. I know many smokers would certainly laud you for that particular decision. Let's take a look. Yeah, tough times, my brother, tough times. Let's take a look, Wesley, firstly, at um, this Apple-Google partnership around a COVID-19 app, which has been yeah. flatly rejected by the United Kingdom. What's happening here? Well, the, 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 the main thing about it is, uh, is, is privacy. Mm. So... The, the the apps by their nature they tend to have the ability to know a lot about you. So the difference here uh, between the one that uh, Apple and Google at least Apple and Google have partnered to develop an app mm. that will be able to 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 do their contact tracing. But what we know now is that the the UK has decided to develop their own app. In mm. other words, this version of the app would be centralized as opposed to a decentralized app. And the concerns about it, at least the UK one, is that it would uh, allow the government to, you know, to, to not necessarily, you know, take care of the privacy concerns that citizens have. However, the government has indicated that for them, this would allow them to have more access to information so that they can make better decisions. Mm-hmm. And we know, I mean, Wesley, you and I spoke about this a few weeks ago, that mm. uh, yes... All of us think it's important to use the latest technology to trace the contacts that people have had who have now contracted this disease. But uh, it certainly does make for a convenient ruse to be able to, uh, you know, invade our digital presence and uh, the digital trace that many of us leave behind because we know all of our activity online is traceable somehow. Uh, and, uh, you know, how do we balance the two? And I guess I return to that question, which I asked a few weeks ago. And uh, it seems the NHS in the UK said we we can't really balance it. And on that basis, we reject it. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the, the difficulty with this debate is that, you know, one comes from the tech world and the other one comes from the health world. So... The, the we we sitting here do not know to what extent do the health uh, professionals to working together with the tech professionals within the UK government to what extent do they feel it would be better for them to have access to this information mm. so uh we, 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 without that understanding it's difficult to really say who sure. is in 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 in, in okay. a better uh, sort of uh, side of Wesley, the world. Wesley, I want us to pause here for a second and uh, take a brief spot break. When we come back, we'll continue and also take a look at uh, the world of AI. 24 minutes it is after 8 p.m. And yes, I can confirm breaking news coming out of uh, SABC News. The ban on cigarettes and tobacco sales remains. And uh, it's our Tech Conversations this evening. And uh, I'm in conversation with uh, Wesley Dipuku, uh, editor-in-chief of uh, tech magazine Fast Company. And uh, we're taking a look at uh, some of the big COVID-related tech conversations uh, globally. And, uh, yeah, some interesting things coming out of uh, 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 some of the uh, tech ecosystems. And um, 
One of these is a question uh, posed by CNBC uh, here, uh, Wesley, uh, about whether or not big artificial intelligence companies like DeepMind, OpenAI, Facebook's own AI, whether or not uh, they've uh, remained relatively quiet and probably puzzled by COVID-19. It's certainly, uh, you know, uh, whenever everybody talks, they say, yeah, yeah, if you can just train, uh, you know, uh, your machines and uh, with all of this AI, you'll be able to navigate almost any and every social problem. And it seems, uh, yeah, AI might not be up to the epidemiological task of dealing with COVID. Uh, You know, um one thing about uh, the, the tech ecosystem or tech world is that uh, the, the tendency is to make big promises. Mm. Um, and it takes time to get to a point where those promises can be delivered, you know. Um, so I would say that AI is not at a point, you know, that it can really deliver the kind of things that it has promised. So um, having said that, uh, there are some things that are great that are happening. Mm-hmm. But let me just t- t- tackle why that, why artificial uh, intelligence is not able to help us as much as we would like it to. One of the major problems is, is data. So um, data is key for artificial intelligence to be able to tell us something that we need to know, to even predict things. The world currently is, 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 is designed, or at least is in silos. So South Africa hosts, or at least has its own data. Each country has its own data. We don't have a single environment where data is, is located. Even within a country, you know, our health system doesn't have, for instance, private and, and, and public health data in one data sort of environment. Mm. And, that, and that in itself uh, creates a challenge in that um, for artificial intelligence to be able to be useful, it has to have access to data broadly and be able to analyze that and then be able to, 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 to provide the kind of information or support that we need. Currently, it can't. And that the, the main reason for that is, 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 is data. Yeah, yeah. And it's certainly a, a big challenge here because it's always about, as you say, rightfully say, the quality of what uh, you're inputting into uh, many of these models and what you're feeding uh, the model. And uh, I'm quite interested, I mean, when we take a look at this particular one, uh, whether or not uh, we've also had examples of technological advances that have been well suited to this. I mean, we spoke about con- con- uh, contact tracing earlier on. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, what about robots? Uh, we know that humans, you know, this is a disease that follows humans. And, of course, the yeah. timeline of getting humans back into economic activity is not set by policymakers. It's actually set yeah. by this disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what's the prospect of, uh, I guess, advancing robotics as a way, I mean, in the manufacture or assembly of vehicles, for instance, uh, here in South yeah. Africa, to have yeah. robots on uh, that, um, you know, on that uh, manufacturing line uh, rather yeah. than, you know, have workers and uh, the vulnerability or the risks of transmitting the disease in the workplace. Yeah. I must say that as an observer or observers of technology, robots are an exciting avenue of technology right now. I'll tell you why. At uh, Stellenbosch University, um, they've designed this robot that is able to assist uh, health professionals not to come into contact with COVID-19 patients, for instance. So what this robot does, it goes around and the, 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 the health professionals can sit at home and watch it as it goes around and then they're able to assess from home without necessarily coming into contact with the person. Mm. That is something that's happening right now. Now, you also uh, talk about factories that make use of robots. One thing that I can say is that we are likely to see a situation where 
in, 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 in instances where, you know, there is less of a need for human beings to operate, there will be more robots in those spaces. Mm. Businesses will now uh, realize that, you know, for them to, to keep going, they will need to, you know, make use of robots in order to, to keep going. Otherwise, we risk a potential of people really being infected. We know that this is not going to be with us only now and, and next year. This is something that will stay for, with us probably until the end of this year, if not next year. You know, so for business to, to, to get going, they're going to need to find innovative solutions. And robots, I promise, uh, already delivering uh, on their promise of really, you know, uh, providing support for human beings. Mm-hmm. Wesley, we'll have to leave it there, my brother, and certainly sure. uh, one we're going to have to reflect on here as we try and reopen economic activity in the exactly. South African economy. And uh, I guess there's also a real trade-off here because if you yeah. incentivize people to go and set up robots, it certainly does yeah. uh, do wonders to what we economists would call our capital-labor ratio yeah. and uh, might push these entities to, I guess, displace many... A warm, living human bodies on their shop floor with robots, and I and I don't think we've we've had a yeah. conversation about what implications uh, that yeah. might yeah. have uh, for yes. Uh, yes. You know, inequality, poverty, and uh, the widespread and unemployment that we see. Exactly, exactly. Let's chat about that next time. Maybe. Awesome stuff, man. Thanks a lot, <laughs> Wesley Tupuku. Uh, he is the editor in chief at Fast Company, speaking to us this evening for our tech conversations.